Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Special shout-out at this time to uh, Trent Brown and Nathan, who uh, were with us uh, Friday at the 6.30 Ched uh, Gary Drager Memorial Golf Tournament. It was awesome. It was great seeing uh, some of the former sales staff there, including uh, Peter and Brian Wilkes, who were in the house. And uh, we had a real good time, and people were fantastic. All the people that came over and said hello. And uh, I butchered the day. I golfed with Andrew Murdoch, who I noticed today, uh, he went on ho- nice timing by him. He worked uh, an extra day of holidays into all of us as well from uh, Chorus, Brennan. That's a wily veteran you went move. From the golf course to the airport. That's a that's a wise move. Yes. That's, <laughs> well, no, I was company business. He was attending company business. All right. Let's get down to business right now. We're going to head uh, off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Welcome back to the show for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get up, no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How was Red Deer? Outstanding. Yeah. I just said, John, I just said. I'm waiting for my insight to that. Yeah, you and Jack Michaels. I hear about it all the time. Uh, so Well, at least, at least I mean, when you consider I started the Battle of Alberta, you know, when you think about it. You, 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 the, you personally started the Battle of Alberta. That was you back in the 1920s and 1930s when the two cities would play each other? Oh, don't be a smart ass. Oh. You know what I mean. I know, a, know, PR, I know I mean. a PR guy that told me once that he won a gold medal. <laughs> I'm like, that was you passing the, that was you passing the puck out of the corner to Sidney Crosby, oh, was no. it, bud? No, 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 no. That's like I used to tell Doug McLean all the time, I've been to 33 Stanley Cup finals. Which is which is thirty two more than him. He didn't like that. Uh, that's yeah. We had one similar to that. Uh, we had one similar to that. Do you you'll remember this? You might have even been producing the game. Did you do the ninety four Stanley Cup final? The Rangers Vancouver. Did you do that one? No, I was in Lillehammer, Norway. Okay, so ninety four Stanley Cup final, and Glenn Anderson gets the sixth Stanley Cup, and uh, Dick Irvin goes to Glenn Anderson. He goes, "Oh, congratulations on winning your fifth Stanley Cup!" And Glenn goes, "It's my sixth. And Dick looks at him and goes, "Yeah, this is my forty third Yeah, <laughs> I chuckled. I thought, "Wow, that's awesome!" I, you know, the, the Dick Irvin Glenn Anderson story is an interesting one because there's lots of people that think that. Dick Irvin, who was a member of the Hall of Fame yes. voting committee for the longest time, yes, did not like the fact that Glenn Anderson dosed him with champagne once in a uh, in a Stanley Cup final celebration. Come on, people can't hurt. be that fickle, can they? <laughs> in hockey, yeah, no, never, right? Yeah, uh, happens all the time, every day. You know, happens all the time, every day. What, who's calling me yeah. here? The show's not getting in the way, is it, Bob? No, my daughter's hairstyling place is calling me right now because my (laughs) daughter inexplicably... Do you want to come over and take this and tell them this isn't actually Tori's number? They're... I'm serious. For some reason, she gave them my cell number. This is the ladies at Celebrity? No, not at Psycho. Now you've given it away. That's where I go to Celebrity. I go to Celebrity. You go to Celebrity. Yeah. I tell you what, though. They're paying you way too much money if you're going to Celebrity. Brendan's going to Celebrity. He's not even in his 30s yet. Nicely. I I did see you do your interview with Jeff Jackson, and I saw that haircut. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, I saw it on Oilers Plus, Uh and I'm willing 
I uh, tell you what, you know, uh, <laughs> we the, talked? the hair, the hair. Uh, the haircut, you know, I, you might need more work on that haircut. Uh, so Brendan's going to celebrity now too. I, I, th- I thought you at least had to be at a certain station in life to be afford. I'm just kidding. Uh, Brendan's in the neighborhood. He lives right by there. He's married. John, just so you know, and Brendan's now on the line with us. Brendan's going to be. He's marrying up here, right? That's what's going on. Oh, 100 percent. It's like, a matter of time. Well, like he, uh, that makes. By the way, that makes the three of us. Yes, yes, that does make the three of us. <laughs> you mentioned the Jeff Jackson interview because we talked about. You're how long? Like you have to like I I I'm sitting there and I'm getting the 10 minute radio. Let's go, let's go, let's go interview right after the presser, and then they're like, "Hey, stop! You got 13 minutes with Jeff for Oilers Plus. Make it count." Type thing, right? So, meanwhile, there's John Shannon on the Bob McCowan pod, uh, podcast. By the way, how's Bob doing? Uh, it, it's it's a slow recovery. Anybody that knows uh, people that have had a stroke uh, knows it takes time and. Yeah, it takes time. He comes on every fr- every Monday these days uh, for four or five minutes just to give people an update. So uh, he's he's doing okay. He's getting right. there, and hopefully he's back sooner than later. Okay. Uh, so you you you're, must... you're, you're, you're phoning to give me heck here, are you, about my uh, my fifty two minute interview with Jeff Jackson? I'm like how that like I I got to talk to the Oilers' office on how this works here, John. Like I, I realize like you've got some sort of nefarious deal that I quite can't go. I'm just having some fun with you. But there was a couple things that a couple of my friends reached out to me on and said, Bob, in your radio interview in the Oilers Plus interview that I saw, and most specifically in the interview that had a little bit more detail because it was a longer format interview with Jeff Jackson, he specifically targeted, John, three things. Analytics, uh, development, and sports science. So I'd like you, if you could, maybe educate our listeners on sort of what got communicated from Jeff on those three areas. I'm not sure how much detail he wanted to get into, but I, I, I think that when you sit there and, and you ask Jeff, what are you going to bring to the table um, that they don't have right now? And I, I think that, and, and you're right, in your interview with, with, with Jeff on, on Oilers Plus, you, you touched on it, and which probably where I got the idea to ask him about it was uh, what what needs to grow what needs to change and and the game has is evolved i think even beyond where a lot of us don't understand and but the players do and I, and i think that that's a big part of what jeff's bringing is he's going to try to cater to what the players needs are more than perhaps other teams other groups have other teams have particularly when it comes to relationships with players because that's been his specialty at, at Wasserman at, and or group before that. That's where they've really been able to make a difference. And um, whether it's I, you know, the analytics one's a different one because I, I think you can interpolate analytics any way you want. It's, it's how you use them and how, how deep you want to get into them and how fickle they can be. And you have to understand them better. And I think that's an, a part that Jeff's going to try to dig into. I also think, Bob, that it's I, – I think this is a, a basically a transitional year that way. Yes. And that's the important thing to look is that, that you know, what, what, what Jeff's philosophy is today on August the 14th of 2023 perhaps will be a different philosophy of how to execute a plan on August the 14th of 2024. And I think that's the that was the one thing I got out of uh, out of our session 
was that he understands what this year is supposed to be for him. To understand how an NHL operation in Edmonton works versus what he understands it to be, what he did in Toronto, and what he did, you know, on the you know on the two or three teams he played for in the NHL. See, it's interesting to me on the analytics front because I can rem- remember when Tyler Dello was specifically basically hired by Dallas Aikens, and I did think it was a little odd that he was traveling with the team. Like that, to me, it's not that I want, you know, I, I, I want every employee to feel a part of things, but um, they're, one of the, the best people have a way of making other people not feel stupid. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you and me both recognize that in order to be successful, if you got somebody out there that's smarter than you in a specific area, go for it, right? Like I, I'll never, John, that's part of the reason why you're on this show. <laughs> but with all no, like like the best guests we can get on the show, we're gonna go get. I don't care if they have a bigger or higher profile, it's better for us. We're looking we're looking to build the best product possible, uh, you know, to generate the most possible listeners and get the most interest from that. That's kinda how it all works, right? Yeah. And, but, but let's re- let's also remember that you know everybody talks about Jeff Jackson being you know a, a, a breath of fresh air and, and a, a, you know young and vibrant. Jeff's been in the business forty years. Yes, forty years since he was drafted. Yes, uh, he understands this game. He understands what the athletes and I, and I think that was in the end that was his strength. He and both he and Dave Gagne, that was their strength um, is, is how to deal not with okay. teams, but with their, with their athletes. I, I envision a scenario where the Oilers will invest a little bit more heavily in analytics in the future. I, I can see that coming. I want to talk specifically about development because I look at the development that Wasserman did. You take a look at that 2016 second round of the draft, and you know the story. You know that Jeff tried to convince Pete Shirelli to draft Alex to bring it, and the Oilers yeah. drafted Tyler Benson. Now, I know Tyler. I watched him since he was 14 years of age. I think he got robbed of where he could have got to due to some injuries. He had some core issues that were a lot to overcome, and I think it derailed his career and affected his skating. Um, but the reality is that Cairo and DeBrinket and Radish and Kachuk were all Gagne Jackson clients, and they were all full-time NHL players. Um, Cairo had 37 goals last year. Dabrinkit's had two 40-goal seasons. It would not surprise me this year if Radish became a 25-goal scorer, and Kachuk is a full-time NHL player. And I believe that Dave Gagne, in concert with Jeff Jackson, with some of the work they did, not that it superseded the NHL teams that those players were with, but I think they really aided and assisted yeah. the process in the development of those players. Agree yeah. or disagree? You know, I, I agree, I, and I, I think you've seen this not just with with uh, the group that Jeff was working with. I mean, you know, we've all heard of the Hughes brothers, all three of them being developed, but you know, the fact that Jimmy Hughes, the father, uh, was a long time player personnel guy in the NHL and then went to CAA in a similar position that Dave Gagne was for Wasserman and they have done a marvelous job with all Pat Brisson's clients and JP Barry's clients yeah. as well that way. You know, so this this is this is the modern way of agency hockey. That is that's a fact of life now and that's a huge asset when you're 
out there, and and you know, Kurt Overhart's trying to do the same thing out of Denver. They're 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 going after and recruiting the fourteen and fifteen year olds based on how they can help develop them as well, people we have and going their, as players. The fourth. I mean, Jerry Johansson's doing the same thing. He's got Jerry the fourth. He's got the fourth largest book of any agent out there, and they have development camps in Saskatoon, Vancouver, and either Edmonton or Calgary every year. Okay. You know, I sat I, I sat beside Jerry Johansson and didn't introduce myself as a friend of Bob Stopper, so I'm kind of kicking myself. That wouldn't have helped your cause, I can tell you that. Well, that's why I didn't do it. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, okay, so we're, we, we've talked about, uh, and the other pr- process in development is what happens. Now, Keith Kretzky's down full-time. In Bakersfield, he keeps in either Bakersfield or Edmonton, with the exception of two weeks a year where he goes back to Ontario. So he's he's and and that helps having him down there. But I've always found it interesting with development and coaches in the minors. Like when Ian Herbers was he, he was in the other day. Ian was in the other day, and when he was in Milwaukee, he got sent yeah. his roster every game. There was no hey, right. this is who we're playing. He got told yeah. this is. Whereas yeah. I can tell you, in the case of Bakersfield. That was Paul Fenton when he ran the organization. Right, yeah. So I'm interested to see if, if there's some, I mean, there were some times in the fall this year where they rotated scratching the prospects as several of the veteran players got off to a very pedestrian start in Bakersfield. And by the end of the year, a couple of those prospects ended up panning out pretty well, like Raphael Lavoie. But that, but that I mean, I think, I think if you're dealing with, uh, protocols and you're dealing with organizational charts yeah. uh, corp- corporately, whether it's in business or in sports, I think you have to do that. I think that's important. I mean, uh, you know, as mu- what's more important to the Edmonton Oilers organization to win the Calder Cup or have three guys from the Condors appear on the Oilers roster next year? What's more important? Well, to me, it's, you have to, it's, it's players coming players. up. It's players coming up that's from the right. farm and pushing. That's right, absolutely, and that's and some people, some teams understand that, some teams don't. I mean, the whole concept of playing the same system in your American League team and your NHL team is relatively new. Yeah, and when you think about it, how strange is that, John? That's I mean, let's take it one step further. Given the position that the Edmonton Oilers are in. They're going for it. I know. I, I got a guy telling telling me because I I said right now the health of the organization's been in, in about as good as it's been. I mean, I the orders are, are they a legitimate Stanley? Are they a top six team this year in the NHL, John? Yes. Yes. Yes, they are. Yes, yes what, they are. What you monitored when when the orders announced Jeff Jackson as their new CEO was that that's about as positive of a feedback as been out there in oil country over the last twenty to twenty four. I can tell you that right now. Like that's. Yeah, so it, 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 I think we have to split hairs a bit, a bit, Bob, because you and I both know Jeff differently than most fans know Jeff, and I think that you and I would be very positive about it, and the other fifty percent of people would say, "Well, that means Connor Stan." Yeah. Okay, but so it was the, still a very. Those are, the, those are those two things. So they got two of the best players in the world. They're seen as a legitimate threat. The goalie that they signed last year is probably going to have a bounce back. Their GM's got the eighth best record in the league since he's come to Edmonton. Their coach has got the second best. Like, they're in a, they've got a fairly new building, and they got an awesome fan base. Like, there's a lot of real positives right now in oil country. Yep. So, yep. Yep. all that said, because they're in go-for-it-win-now mode, they're going to have a shortage of draft equity, and they are going to have to grind, John, to find player Like, the... 
the concept of trading a fifth to go get Jaden Group and bring him in out of the Red Deer Rebels, a former third-round pick of the Rangers. I love that. I got because they're going to have to every year they're going to have to sign at least one or two. Uh, major junior uh, 20-year-olds that are unsigned. They're going to have to to push their roster, to, to fill their roster up from the minors They're gonna, and, and try to grow those players and develop those well, players. Well, and, and they, can, they can take advantage. I mean, we all know that the Oilers are going to be in a cap crunch, but they could also take advantage of other teams in cap crunch too, and that's, I, I think there's pressure on their pro scouts too. I think there's pressure on the pro scouts to say, you know, this guy has a chance. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to point to Matthias Yanmark as that kind of guy. Who, who became a, a good player for the Edmonton Oilers down the regular season and in the playoffs and was worth every cent they paid. but you know, And it was only because of a history that a few people in the organization had with Yanmark uh, that he got an opportunity in Edmonton. Yeah. Hey, uh, very quickly, anything, how about, just just as an aside, I don't know how, far, I mean, look, you've got all that experience on the TV side. I don't yeah. know how closely... You followed what's happened with the breakup of the Pac-12 uh, and the NCAA. Oh, I was a Pac. I was a Pac-8 guy, Bob. I, I love the Pac-8. You're dating Pac- yourself. And the Pac-12. Yes, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> John McKay was at USC. John Robinson was at UCLA. And what was uh, uh, John McKay's greatest line ever as the head coach of the Tampa Bay the year, the year they went over for fourteen? Some. Well, it was the famous one that that Brian Kelly used at Notre Dame about three years ago was. Uh, what did you think of your player's execution? He says, I'm all for it. Yeah, and that was that was the John McKay line. So you're going back <laughs> yeah. to those days. It is, for, for the listeners that have not followed this story, basically the Pac-12 ended up kind of without a dance partner on a national stage for a TV well, deal. No, they turned, they turned down $30 million a year from ESPN per team. $30 because they thought they were worth 50 and ESPN walked away, and now the conference has disappeared. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable story. It's just I know. So where's USC? What what are they in the Big Ten? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The big schools are in the Big Ten. That's crazy. I think, I think there's only four. I think there's only four or five teams left: Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State. Uh, and one more. And as you know, historically, Stanford and Cal, okay, those schools have been very uh, politically motivated, shall we say, over the years, and probably think they'd be above these this sports thing. But that type of money is that type of money for institutions. It's, well, Oregon State just in, Oregon State just in, invested a quarter of a billion dollars in renovating their stadium, and now they may not have a league to play in. It's unreal. It's a crazy. It's it's and and, and there's Alabama. You know, it's, oh, it's, oh, we had to wait twenty minutes to hear about Alabama. Oh, I Marty Morezza, because you know the Oilers con- concussion specialist is a Georgia grad. How do you think the last two years has gone for me on that topic? Yeah, well, yeah, well, you deserve it, John. It's great having you on the show. I don't often say that. <laughs> You missed me last Thursday. I know. I, I'm really happy. Legacy I'm really happy that the boys, that Bob, the boys at Legacy didn't miss me. I, I can tell you right now. I'm glad Bob McCowan's back. I know I'll never appear on your show, but I'm glad he's back, and I'm glad he's doing better. Okay. Oh, you never, never say never, Bob. You can't get that desperate. Thanks, John. Bye. Bye. It is 12.53 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We have Brent Myers, the author of Painkiller, coming up at 105. It's quite the story. Going to warn you, it's, it's a little tough. A little tough some days. 
to hear some of the stuff that's going on. Uh, we will tell you. Um, all season long, Oilers Now Trivia is brought to you by Pro-Am Sports Fan Cave and Fan Gear Specialists for all budgets in Edmonton or St. Albert on uh, in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail and at ProAmSports.ca. I think they're just, uh, I think maybe today was the last day possibly for the uh, Matthias Eckholm private signing that was taking place over at ProAmSports.ca. Uh, and guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue until Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers Now sent you. Uh, we'll breeze through some texts when we return in Oilers Now. This text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, I just picked up my canned ham t-shirt from the front desk at Chorus for Reed Wilkins show. How come you don't hand anything out? You work for the Oilers. Get it together, man. I, I think I'm the only Oilers employee that isn't allowed to give away anything. That's that's what I've come to the conclusion. Like I see some of us. Like, I mean, we had a, we had one of the assistant coaches. That guy must he must have got nine million autographs during the time that he was assistant coach of the team. And then there there was an assistant. We're in Chicago. This is a number of years ago. Okay, we're in Chicago, and one of the assistant coaches had a friend, and allowed the friend's daughter to be on the Oilers bench in the pregame warm up. With a Chicago Blackhawks jersey. Like on the Oilers bench for the warm-up in a Hawks jersey. Like, and I will tell you that this was during the time that the Hawks were, they're really good. <laughs> okay? But I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Let me ask you this, Brendan. Uh, how long have we worked together? Almost five years now. Okay. Have you ever seen me in a Oiler appareled outfit? <laughs> Literally never. Literally never. Okay. There needs to be some... Hey, make no mistake. We're fully upfront and honest about it. I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, okay? When the Oilers play, I want the Edmonton Oilers to win. When they stink for two or three games, we come on the air and say, hey, they stink for the two or three games. Some of you think, oh, I can always tell the ones that really don't like the Oilers because when we bring up, like... Some suspect calls, like when one team gets seven penalties, another team gets two through two periods of a game five of a playoff game, and I bring it up. Oh, you're such a homer, you idiot. So it's bad enough that I get it at home, but I don't need it for my cousin Bruce as well. You know how all that works. Anyhow, uh, you know what? We'll endeavor to see if we can get you more swag coming up in the fall. When we come back, um, I'm sure some of you are going to be entertained. Others are going to be like, Wow. Our next guest has written his own book. It's called Painkiller. He's a former NHL heavyweight, and he ran hard. Brent Myers, after a global news, weather, traffic update with Evan Cook.